everyone. I'm Christy Placido. And I'm Carrie Toth. And we want to welcome you to CI Diaries, Episode 3. Sponsored by Wayside Publishing. And we want to talk to you today about the topic of topics versus themes in the classroom. Um, Christy, you want to explain a little bit about what you would define as a topic versus a theme? Yeah, so let's talk about topics first. So when I think about topics, I think back to when I first started teaching and I was using a textbook, um, which, so I've been teaching for 25 years. I don't wanna, I don't wanna name and shame this textbook, but it's one that teachers that were teaching 25 to 30 years ago would definitely remember. Um, and it, was often referred to with the word misery in its title. So I'm going to just leave it at that. Um, but when I think back to my experience uh, teaching with that textbook, I remember it had a lot of topics. Um, it would have things like clothing. We're going to learn about clothing today, kids. And we're going to also learn um, this set of verbs. And often the verbs would have some kind of commonality grammatically, like they might be like, um, they might be like E to IE stem changing verbs or something like that. Um, so to me, that is a topic, something that's, it seems really contrived, it usually involves a list of things that are similar to each other. And quite often it might also have some kind of a grammar motive. <laughs> Feature, yeah. Kind of, yes, um, some kind of featured grammar um, that they were trying to really slyly sneak in there. Um, you know, not we don't want to be that too loosely associates with the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. So to me, those are topics. So things like um, food, clothing, parts of the house. Um, oftentimes, um, those topics would be accompanied by a pretty lengthy vocab list and usually some kind of project too. Like I always remember when we would learn clothing, we would do a fashion show or yes. we would learn about the house. The rooms and of students the house. Design, <laughs> yes, students would design their dream house. So um, that's yes. what I think of when I think of a topic. I don't know what your experiences have been, Carrie. Maybe I'm guessing the, similar to the that. The same or the asking uh, what household chores do you have to do? And then finding mm -hmm. everyone completely silent because they really don't do what you don't make your bed. Nobody makes you do it. No, I, I crush the cans. That's all. That's all I have to do. Right. I know. Like, How do you say crush like the cans? Do like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. What? Right. I know. So I think you and I are probably pretty much on the same page with this. And I actually feel like. And then a theme our... to you would be what? What would you, well, I was how would you say, differentiate I, I them for like, a theme? I feel like, first of all, themes, um, they're not unique to CI teachers, right? Like, I feel like right. you, you exactly. can define yourself as a teacher in lots of different ways and, and differentiate between topics and themes. So I think we're kind of veering off a little bit um, from, from just CI or ADI teaching, yes. um, but I think we would approach this 
maybe from a little bit different angle as ADI teachers. But to me, themes are things that maybe are a little bit more deep, um, things that are you could maybe have a little bit of a deeper discussion about. Um, they might involve social issue or maybe instead of talking about all sports, um, maybe we're going to talk about one particular sport and its context within a society. Um, maybe we're going to learn a story about an athlete that plays that sport. Um, maybe we're going to talk about a topic that involves an issue that impacts our students and then compare that issue um, to how it might impact teenagers in the target culture. Um, maybe the theme could be a problem that we need to solve. Maybe there's some type of issue affecting our community or an issue that impacts the environment. And we're going to talk about what that issue is, how it affects us, and what the possible solutions are. So to me, a, a theme is usually something that you can dig a little deeper on. It's not something that has an artificially contrived list of vocabulary and a grammar point that's going to be woven in. Um, a theme is something that we're going to explore for the sake of exploring something meaningful, not necessarily because we have a particular agenda with vocabulary or grammar. But because we want to dig into using, yeah, we want to dig into using the language. I actually, I was kind of thinking about that and looking online and I found um, the author of DIY MFA or Master of Fine Arts, um, Sarah Latorno, said it, I think, really well. The main thing to remember about topic is that it pertains to the story's water. It's driven by facts and specifics. So the topics that we might study are just facts and specifics where themes deal with big pictures and overall reveal why the story matters. So when we look at that from the language class perspective, if we dig into themes, it helps them see why learning a second language matters. Um, we're looking at, at you know, the cultures and the products and the practices and the perspectives. And so they can see, you know, I can use this language in my life in all these different ways. And so it helps us, you know, really, really see inside of the language more than just that surface of just, oh, these are all the clothes that I have on today. Like this is, right. uh, this is what fast fashion does in the world around me. You know, this is how, mm -hmm. how clothing affects the environment and the people that are producing clothes and my use of clothes uh, how it affects my planet. And so, you know, digging into a theme over just that superficial, you know, topic. Mm -hmm. So what I think is difficult, especially if you're a teacher who you've been, you know, really following your textbook, maybe your textbook really is topic driven. And there are different textbooks out there too, let's face it. I mean, not, not all are. textbooks are created equal. Um, but let's say you're a teacher who wants to dig a little deeper and get a little bit more thematic. Like where, where do you start with that? I, you know, I am a proponent of the chuck it bucket 
I think that no matter what you're doing, if you are completely free to do whatever you want, I would take a unit from your curriculum that you don't need, like the chores unit. Nobody likes that unit. Take it and throw it away. Don't don't even teach it. Right. Just throw it away. Nobody cares. Like pick out a few things like wash and clean. You know, those might be valuable words, but the rest of it throw it away um, and then pull in a unit that you're really interested in something that you'd like to try out to dip your feet into the idea of using language to kind of teach um, a theme based unit but if you have it a, a text where you feel like you are not able to really be flexible and do your own thing you can use the chuck it I always call it the chuck it bucket I just you know, like your trash can where you can throw the stuff that you that is extra or that's keeping you from being able to be free mm -hmm. take your vocabulary list and just pare it down or take the whatever the grammar concepts are that are in the chapter how can you pare it down to where it's manageable and you can get you know the main ideas enough to get through the department final that you have to give but also to give yourself some breathing space so that you can fit in some really great social uh, issues and some planetary issues. Like how could you take that house unit and still teach you know, the key house vocabulary, but then also take a look at you know, what, is, what is going on with housing in the US right now? Like what are some key social issues about housing in the US right now that you could work into that unit to make it more thematic than topic based? Right. And I mean, I think, you, think? I think a lot of, <laughs> yeah, I think that a lot of us, most of us maybe have realized that it's not good enough to be going a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, I think most of us have started to realize that it's okay to pare things down and go a little bit deeper, narrow and deep. Um, it's going to stick with students a lot longer, and especially if it's meaningful. Um, if, if you're just kind of throwing a meaningless list at them and expecting them to memorize it and you're just, you know, doing drills where they're, you know, plugging things in, using grammar, um, you know, whatever, it's it's not going to be that meaningful. But if you find something that you can really hook them with, something that they're going to potentially develop an interest in or even a passion about, imagine how much longer that language is going to stick with them. So to me, it just makes sense it, to seriously. teach with thematic units. So do you think... And like um, you said, um, digging deeper. Mm -hmm. So do you digging think Digging deeper that you and have maybe to, not... Do you think that you have to, do you have to have like a theme for your whole semester or like how long can a theme last? I, I'm going to shoot back to you after this too, but I think a theme really, I've had some themes that I've taught in the past that have carried on for a semester we do i i'm a science minor and so i have a theme of sustainability that runs pretty much through my spanish four class um, mm -hmm. we dig pretty hard into being stewards of the planet and so mm -hmm. we talk about you know sustainability on land we do the sustainable development goals from the united nations and so i mean we look at life under sea microplastics uh, we talk about zero waste and you know i'm constantly trying to find things 
to bring in under that umbrella of a theme and then we look at little mini themes with that bigger theme so in my opinion you can have like layer it's like an onion like shrek says you know yeah themes have layers onions ogres have layers, have layers. ogres have yes. layers <laughs> what about yeah, you i agree <laughs> yeah so i mean i tend to when i'm approaching a unit um i tend to have some kind of a central component to my unit um Sometimes it's a, a theme or an idea. Sometimes it's a book. Sometimes it's a film. Um, sometimes it's a song. But I tend to start with kind of like, okay, so like if you were decorating your house, you might call it an inspiration piece, right? Um, so I, I take my one inspiration piece and then I try to kind of build off of that. And I try to find, like you said, layers. You know, how can I... How can I expand out from here? And honestly, sometimes when I'm, sometimes when I find a thing that I know I want to use in my class, I'll start investigating like what more could I do with this or how could I expand it? And sometimes I will just happen on something that's so cool um, that I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just found it. This is the theme. This is the theme that I want to teach my students mm -hmm. about. and. It's, it's just kind of fun how sometimes it's it's really like serendipitous how you kind of go down that rabbit hole. It is. Looking for information and like you I, I was just going to so say. Cool. <laughs> and you kind of go, it, sometimes it's almost like an aw crap. This, this has just led to like a two hour rabbit hole that I'm going to be down <laughs> because I know this is perfect for a unit. So I, I may as well just, you know, plan to plan for two hours because I found the perfect lead off for a really great theme in the classroom. Right. <laughs> it's fun, honestly. Um, I mean, I really like to lesson plan and I like to create things. So to me, that's, that's just as much fun as actually teaching. Um, so I really enjoy that. Um, that's not everybody's bag. I mean, not everybody enjoys that, but, um, that's where collaboration can come into play. And I'm, I know you and I collaborate a lot mm -hmm. on things that we teach our students. And so I think if yes. you um, don't always love doing the planning, if you have an, a group of teachers that you can work with that are kind of like-minded, you can really divide and conquer and come up with some really cool ideas for things that you can teach in your classroom. Oh, for sure. Um, that I've gotten lots of ideas and suggestions from people that have been like, oh, have you seen this? I'd love to, I'd love to have some resources that are about this. And then I fall down my rabbit hole and I. Right. <laughs> so I feel like this is potentially um, a topic in and of itself. And I feel like I've said that before in this podcast. Um, but can we talk just for a minute about some of the components, some of like, what are some of those layers once we've selected a theme, what are some of the things we might try to draw on to bring a really rich experience to our students? Like, what are some of the things we might say, oh, I want to well, find that and put it in? I always think in terms of a theme, I always have to think, um, 
I think about it in terms of like a backward design because I want to know before I start designing any kind of a theme, I have to think to myself, like, how am I going to, what's my goal for the students at the end of this unit? Because if you don't know where you're going with it, like you can end up with a ton of really great resources and you can give them a bunch of stuff, but if you don't know what your end goal is, I find that you can get so many pieces that are so disconnected from each other. I mean, you end up like a fire hose, just drowning them in a bunch yeah. of things that they don't really even know how to process all the different bird walks that you've taken through the themes. So for me, backward planning works really well because you start with the assessment. What do I want them to know and be able to do at the end of this unit? And once you have an idea, oh, okay, so, we talk about plastic in the ocean, and I knew that at the end I wanted my students to be able to give a two-minute elevator pitch in Spanish about why people should use less single-use plastic. So then I knew, okay, in my searching, I need to find all kinds of resources that are going to help them be great at expressing their convictions about why we should do that. So I like to find, I always like to have something fun and funny. So I like to find like a commercial, you know, you need authentic pieces right. because especially as you get up to the upper levels, you want them listening to authentic, you know, Spanish so that they can train that listening ear. You want to see some infographics. You want to find some articles. I like to take some articles and turn them into infographics on my own so that I can, you know, put in lots of pictures uh, so that the kids have some visual scaffolding too. And um, I like to have readings for the kids and I like to have, you know, kind of a self-selected vocabulary list. My friend uh, Amy Feltz uh, taught me about doing self-selected vocabulary where I pick out keywords so that everybody in class, you know, you're responsible for these 20-ish words. These are going to be really important for us all to have a common discussion. But then there's a bunch of blanks so that kids, as we go through the unit, they can add things that add value to them. And those things show up a ton. It, you know, in this theme, they'll find words that are valuable to them. So I think just finding the pieces, where do you find your favorite things as you plan a theme, Christy? You know, I all over the place. I mean, Pinterest has always been a go to for me. Honestly, like Instagram has been great, uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. and I I don't always limit myself to the the format that I find. Like you said, take an article and make it into an infographic. Um, sometimes I'll take a YouTube video and I'll I'll kind of type up a summary of what that video is talking about, and maybe I'll have my kids read that summary, and then we'll watch the YouTube video together. And then we'll talk about what we heard in the video. And then maybe we'll also exchange some information in terms of like what our own opinions are or, you know, what else could be done in addition to that. Um, I find that it's really important to have a lot of scaffolded conversations as we go throughout the unit. Um, you know, if you're dealing with novice learners, you're going to want to really, really scaffold the discussion and you're gonna want you're gonna want to ask them a lot of questions where there are there's a binary choice yes or no or either or um, in the beginning you're really feeding the language to them and then as you progress through the levels they're gonna be able to do more of the creating with a language on their own but it's a very it's a very process oriented scaffolding that we that we're doing as we go through the levels but 
Um, yeah, I I also like to, you mentioned this, but incorporate those fun things into the unit too, especially if it's a unit that's kind of very, very knowledge oriented. Like I think it's important to lighten that up too. So yes. I like to look for maybe some animated short videos that I can bring in or some fun yes. memes or you know, even like a silly little joke or a riddle that relates to the, the content in some way. Um, I, I'm always trying to kind of pull them back in. And we talk a lot about using hooks in our teaching. Um, so I'm always trying to find something that has yes. a little element of humor or a little element of the unexpected. Um, honestly, Facebook too. I've mentioned, you know, several different forms of social media, but I follow a lot of different accounts yeah. on Facebook just for their their memes and I'm always just screenshotting things and filing them away for later for who knows what I might teach but um I'm like this is going to be good for something so I'm just kind of always looking for things <laughs> <laughs> me too and I also like that in a thematic unit like as you're designing it you can design a way for students to form and give and defend an opinion because that's a like it allows us even from level one to start scaffolding in some AP style skills. Uh, whereas in a more topic based unit, you don't really have the opportunity to build in those higher order thinking types of skills. Um, having a thematic overlay in your unit um, helps them compare and contrast and give and defend opinions. And so you get to you know, sort of help them because the if we wait until level four to start encouraging them to do those things, they have to build a lot of skill in a short amount of time. But if we've kind of started giving them the skills mm -hmm. early and then developed it year by year by year, then they're really strong at it when they yeah, get to their definitely. And you can structure classes. a lot of that personalization too. Um, I like to do things like um, one of my favorite activities is four corners where I'll just, I'll write on a piece of paper, like something like, I agree, I disagree, um, or sometimes, often, never, those types of things. Um, and I'll just post those papers around the room and I'll ask a question and I'll ask the students to go stand under the poster that best describes their position on the matter. And then once they're standing where they've chosen to stand, then I can ask questions of this, this group that's over here and then compare it to what this group over here thinks. And I'm doing a lot of the talking. The students have made their decision basically by voting with their feet, where they're gonna stand under which poster. Um, you can also do things like um, ask your students a question and have them maybe write a comment on a sticky note and then post their sticky note on a certain portion of the board that reflects where their opinion falls. And then the teacher can go up look at what they've written on their sticky note and do some discussion with the class, you know, maybe even take their sticky note and put it under your little document camera and then do some discussion with the class based on what this particular student put on their sticky note. So there's a lot of ways to kind of structure a, a conversation or structure like talking about your opinions so it doesn't get crazy. And it also just makes it a lot simpler, especially for your novice and you know your intermediate low intermediate mid students that might flounder around a little bit if you're just trying to have an open-ended discussion 
Agree. I always, uh, when we have our little discussions, I put at the beginning of the year for Spanish three, I put on the board, you're right, you're wrong. I agree. I disagree. Mm -hmm. In the area, we always sit in this little lounge area to have our discussions. And um, I always put it on the board back there. And inevitably, somebody in Mm -hmm. Spanish two will say, what does that mean? And I'll say, oh, well, you know, that's for Spanish three. It's really, you know, manipulative. Uh, that's for Spanish three. It's really, you know, it's really above your level. But if you remembered that, that would be really, really cool. And yeah. then they never, ever forget because, you know, uh, it's just if if I tell them that they shouldn't remember, <laughs> right. then they that's what they want to remember. So I just leave it up there for the semester. And then everybody right. in Spanish two is like trying to. <laughs> trying to learn the, the stuff that's Oh, yes, them. we withhold that knowledge, don't we? <laughs> yeah, well, Sorry, I you hope can't have that, that um, this conversation has been helpful for everyone out there. And Carrie and I would love to hear what kinds of themes you use in your class or what kinds of activities you found um, help you to have those deeper discussions with your students. So please reach out to us. We would love to hear what you think. And um, if you have any anything you'd like us to address on future episodes, please let us know that as well. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you.